It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. D minus for the weekend. D minus. Oh, D minus, man. Welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports <laughs> Show. The four games were for you. Oh, I, just as I thought. The only game I was mad at was my man Dak Prescott last night. He was awful. What are you grading four games? <laughs> F. I went 0 for 4. <laughs> I went 4. I, I think it. I might have two, actually. I, I, Jay, you went 1 and 3. We'll I, get to those later. But <laughs> we're now 2 and 8 on playoff picks. So what, what was that, Mikey? I decided Brad, to you go bold well. on everything. You, you're tied for first place right now. I told Woo! you what was happening. Listen, I, I honestly, after last year, remember all four games last year came down to the last play, yeah. which is we'll yeah. never have that again. That ain't gonna happen again. So, granted, the bar was super high and yeah. we could never reach it. Yeah. But, but I just, I didn't. None of the games were compelling to me. There, none there, of them. There was. So, I, I, I was so much worried about the game. The subplots, were, like the, oh, the subplot. First of all, Demar Hamlin in the building was sure. was, was there. Yeah. Uh, would, would could Patrick would, Mahomes yeah. fight through the ankle? What? Would Dak Prescott show up? You want to try that just, tag board now? Not just, Speaking not, of Dak uh, Prescott yeah, and the Cowboys, let's tag board full. We had a. <laughs> I didn't know that uh, Anthony was a Cowboys fan. Here he is in his bedroom. Uh. <laughs> Way to go, Anthony! <laughs> I told you. I think he speaks for Cowboy Nation, man. Right now, they are hot in Texas. <laughs> Dak Prescott. <laughs> I mean, this one thing we always, G and I always talk about, you know, you get in the, get the bag, right? Right. Well, Dak Prescott got in the bag. <laughs> he got in the bag. <laughs> he got the bag. Right now, he's suffocating in the bag. <laughs> Mike, I sent you a uh, text. Um, Cowboys have signed a new kicker, which we knew was coming. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, you don't know how that game would have played out because they left points on the field because yeah. they didn't try field they, goals. They weren't. They that weren't. ordinarily, they tried. They didn't trust. It's incredible how it literally changed the trajectory of their season. And that extra point that was blocked, that was going to be a mess. That was, yeah, was, 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 was going to be off anyway. So the Cowboys said, screw this already. Just right after the game is over, <laughs> they went out and they signed a kicker. And I can't say that I blame them. Mikey, do we have the... You literally just texted me it. I need more than like seven seconds. Just now. I didn't know like, how long it took for you to transcribe that. Well, the reason I just texted you, it just happened. It, well, it happened. We'll have, we will play the breaking news stinger and then the picture as soon as Anthony. Okay. All right. You let me know it when it's there. ready for him. But we will get that in there. But it I knew crazy. it was I mean, Great you, signing, you had, by the way. Great signing. Well, it was. And they had it. to do it. I mean, it was. they were well, desperate. Well, they I, were desperate. I was talking to somebody today, this morning, right? I said, you know what this is? The Cowboys are the Brown South. That's who they are. With championships. Yeah, with championships. Yeah. We got championships, too. We got championships. Yeah, but, but theirs are in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's an insult to the Cowboys. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, Jay. Yeah, hold on, Jay. Think about it, right? Think about the shenanigans going down here in Dallas. Think about these shenanigans, right? Yeah. Right? And compare that to what's going on here sometimes, right? Well, it's, one, on, it's on par. Yeah, but one is competitive and chokes at the end. The other just... No, he's on their there. couch no, every January. No, one is selling you a bill of goods every year. That's and, true. And we're sucking it up every. What, is it one or is it two? Sell us a bill of goods. It's unbelievable. <laughs> By the way, if you're wondering, Bull is out today, not feeling well, um, after the Bengals' big win yesterday, which really the Bengals now positioned very, very well. Yes. And I know that I know that they have to go to Kansas City, and yeah. I. But but Mahomes' ankle, we don't know. Right. Although I do know that the team officials said that he woke up Sunday feeling much better than they expected. So that's a good sign for Kansas City. But I, I got to tell you, I think at, at full and even strength, I think Cincinnati goes in C- there a slight favorite, C- in my view. Cincinnati's been playing the best ball. Uh, when we scored it out last week, I told you Cincinnati. Cincinnati's playing the best ball. Outside of Philadelphia. They are outside of Philadelphia. I'm standing, I'm standing, I'm standing, I'm standing in the, in the, AFC. In the AFC. Yeah. Right. But they have been playing lights out. And Burrow, if you cannot tell, got a swag to him so tough, right? 
He said, after the game, what did he tell him? Go get your refunds. Now. Yeah. Go get really Who did feel- that foolishness? I, you know what? I'm wondering, <laughs> is he feeling himself too much? Nah, when you... I when, like my quarterback to be confident. There, sometimes even cocky, but I think he's borderline arrogant. There's right now. there's an edge to the, the the premier players in any sport. Uh, but you they, know how they, this game they, has a way of yes, slapping it you down. Yes, it does, right? But, but yeah, we got breaking news by the way. Oh, this we kick, have it. The kicker signing is official. Here it is. Now this is who they're going to go for going <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> You know, there is such a thing as karma. This man has meddled so much. He is so in the weeds with this organization. He has so clearly proven that he put his foot into success early on in his years, Mm -hmm. having the right coaches and then firing the right coaches in Jimmy and Barry. Yeah. And they haven't made it an an NFC championship game since 1995. Guys, we're going on an almost 30-year drought. And there's only 16 teams in the NFC. You think maybe he'd hire a GM? Maybe. You would think. Maybe. You would think he would just say, okay, enough. Yeah. Who's the widely regarded best-minded football? I'm going to pay him $3 million more than he's making right now. Why why would you do that when they're going to AT&T Stadium in the droves? Right? Because for they're, Jerry, they're, it's about rings. It's not about attendance. No, but, money. I, but I'm saying here, you talk about there's no impetus to, to, to be the push to make you want to say. Well, you well, saw the fans no, punch no, the J- television. Jerry thinks that he's the thing. He's the team. Well, he does, but <laughs> isn't it time that he finally does Man. some self-awareness Pe- check people and like, realize he doesn't know football like he thought like, he did? People like that don't do that. They just don't. Even they're after 28 years of missing the NFC Championship Well, to game, Brad's point, if you haven't figured it out by now, you're probably not going. You gotta go but he's it. running out of years. Yeah, and there's is. something yeah. about your mortality that makes you self-inspect. That's you. <laughs> that's that's not, everybody. That's, that's not, human nature. That's, when you're getting ready to go, he does not want to die with his the first pe- paragraph of his tombstone being that once he got rid of Jimmy and Jerry, he, he never made it to an NFC championship game. Yeah. And that's what he's staring well, at. Right we're, now. Not, we're not going to waste all our time on the Cowboys, but I'll tell you no, what. No, they're done. But i tell you what. Karma is everything, right? Karma is everything. Yeah. Right? And so you do enough people wrong in this business, any business it comes yeah. back on you sometimes. I mean, also in the first paragraph of his obituary one day will be the fact that he fired Tom Landry, yeah. mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson, sure and Barry Switzer. Sure did. You want one Cowboys fact that brings us back to the Browns? Yes. Who's the last Cowboys quarterback to win a playoff game against the 49ers? Bernie Kosar. There you go. That goes back a while. Yeah, that goes back a long time. Bernie, people forget, but Bernie did have to come in and play some in their, I think it was their last Super Bowl win when Aikman got hurt. 95. Bernie came in and played some meaningful games and played well. I forgot about that. And played well. This was after the diminishing skills and the Browns debacle, obviously. There he is, our friend, Bernie Kozar. So we learned some other things and that the Browns have a way to go here because I saw some quarterbacks this weekend. I was like, I know there's a lot of guys that are young and ready. Then I saw some teams that were like, woo, these skill positions. We're going to touch on all of it. Busy show today. Chris Rose is going to join us coming up. I also want to send a shout out to G Bush, who's going to be away from yes. us for a couple of days. He's uh, he's dealing with a family tragedy. G, you know we're thinking about you. Absolutely. We know we that we, you you know we love you and we're praying for your family and um, get well. I, I don't want to go into it. It's probably I mean he he tweeted about it, so mm. it is public. But if, go to his Twitter page. Please send them your thoughts and prayers. I know a lot of you have already done that, and and we send our thoughts and prayers to your family during this time of uh, of despair and need. And and uh, I imagine Bull will probably be out a day or two. Um, He's back Wednesday. I'm glad he didn't decide to come in because the last time he decided to work sick, I texted. We had that. throw up gate. I texted <laughs> to Steve. We don't need Bull puking on that. No, right no, no, we don't. Stay home, Bull. Now, oddly enough, the last time he was sick was when they lost in their season opener. Yeah. Um, and as soon as we started talking about the Bengals, he threw up. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought for sure he'd be oh, here yeah. to do a victory dance today. <laughs> I know he's missing that, and I know, Bull, you're doing your victory <laughs> dance at home. Get better. We need you on the show. Hopefully, he'll be back in here Wednesday, feeling much better. But the key thing is take care of yourself. Remind me and get to, better. Remind. Ask me later when we get to the Bengals what my kids said about the Bengals. Well, we're there All because right. <laughs> I want to start today by asking a question that really you can come at a lot of different angles. Because on one hand, the Browns probably have the two most impressive victories over the Bengals in the last two seasons. Mm -hmm. I don't even think that's a question. I think they do. 
easily have the mm -hmm. two most impressive victories over what looks like now could be a two-time defending AFC champion if they can find a way to get past Kansas City. How wide is that gap, Jason, between what is with Kansas City now, the bar in the AFC, and the Browns who have, you know, missed the playoffs and lost double digits the last two years? It's significant. Like, is it? it, it, it there's no other way to say it. That doesn't mean you can't narrow the gap, and I do think the Browns will close that gap with Deshaun next year. Uh, you know, I, I saw a lot over the weekend of, like, uh, talk about, like, look at where Joe Burrow is, look at where the Bengals are, the, the Browns, Deshaun better work, Deshaun better work. Well, guys, that's why Deshaun's here. Imagine if Baker Mayfield was still the quarterback of this team, had the type of year he just had. Imagine what you'd be saying then. Yeah. Like you'd be, then you'd really feel like you have no hope and it's a lost cause. Mm -hmm. At least now, theoretically, you have a quarterback who can get you in that game. He did not play like it the last six games uh, for the most part. He had some glimpses here and there, obviously did not play to the level that we expected for $230 million guaranteed quarterback, but you know, it's still in there. And so that's where I think you have to lean on the hope that you can, that he is the piece that can narrow that gap, but certainly it exists. You know, I've, I've saw stuff all weekend about, the coaching disparity and look where the Browns are at compared to the other three. Yeah. I'd put Kevin last in the division. You, mm -hmm. you have to right Mike now. Mike has been to the Super Bowl. Zach Taylor's been to the Super Bowl. John Harbaugh has been to the Super Bowl. Oh yes. He's fourth. And it's not even really a, you don't even have to think about it. No, mm -hmm. but that doesn't, again, but it's almost not fair too. I mean, you put him in other divisions. He wouldn't be the, he worst, wouldn't be fourth. but he's, he just happens to be in a division where these coaches have all been to Super Bowl. And that's, and, and so, yeah, I mean, I have him fourth, but again, I don't think it's a gap that can't be closed. Uh, let's wait and see what they do this offseason. They have to rebuild the front seven. They need another playmaker on offense. I think that there are more needs than they can fill in one offseason. I do think that. And that means guys that are here now that disappointed this year are going to be back and you, and you're going to be counting on them to take a step, whether or not they can do that. We'll see. So I, I can understand why fans are frustrated. I don't think it's a lost cause, but certainly I can, I understand I the frustration. One of the big differences is this defense. This, it's, it's stunning to me how far this defense has come in two years <coughs> and Bengals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you watch them, they, they, they have good players. Everybody plays their role. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They, they communicate well. They mm -hmm. don't have blown coverages. They never get gashed for really big plays. And I'm just wondering as we're sitting here, I know it feels like the gap is a mile wide, but I'm just wondering if we get this coordinator position right, which it feels like we have, we've seen what a good coordinator can do with a mildly above average talent. They're right. not dripping with superstar talent over there. I know. I don't know that the gap is as wide as it as as wide as it seems, particularly when you look at how well they've played them the last two years. Let me let me let me tell you what my my perception is. My perception is that the Browns. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. With the added pieces that are necessary here to make this team elevate, if we can acquire those, puts in a, a better, much better position. I don't think it's, it's drab and dreary as people think. I think that Hopefully Schwartz comes in to put a stamp on the defensive side. Mm -hmm. I wish, I wish Stefanski would step away from the OC side of the thing and just run the program, right? Or perhaps even run it like Andy Reid does in Kansas City, well, where it, it, he calls some of the plays. But, but Andy is, Reid is but, not the primary but, play caller. But Bienemy is there doing his thing, right? He is. Right. And I, he trusts him. Right. And this is what I think is lacking here, right? Because I'm watching all these programs that are all these teams that were in the playoffs, right? They had a designated OCs, designated defensive coordinators, and they stood behind them, right? Yeah. We're going to win or go on this thing, right? We're going to win or go. And what happens here in Cleveland, it all gets muddled up, right? It all gets muddled up, and then there's no accountability at the end, right? There's just none. And right. so I just think that as I look back and scale back, I, I agree with Jason. I said it Friday. I'm banking on the fact that Watson is going to return to Watson at some point, right? 
what will we do on the other side of things? The gaps and holes that we all saw all year long that need to be filled, right? That they blindly didn't do. Right. That's got to be done. It right. has to be taken. Or you're the gap between Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh is going to widen. The chasm is going to widen. What did uh, What did your daughter say about the Bengals? <laughs> so this is this is a true Browns fans for, for so the hierarchy of the Browns. Now this, so my daughter Cheyenne, who's at Maryland, I called, said, "Listen, you, they just got back from beating Nebraska." I said, "Did you you cut on the TV to watch Cincinnati?" You know, she said, "Why Why would I do that?" <laughs> I said, "Well, hold on. You know, Joe Burrow did go to Ohio State, and your point is what?" I was like, why, we, why do we care about Cincinnati? I'm a Browns fan, period. Yeah, I actually turned the game and off. She, and she, went, I, on about her, she went on about her business. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't going to watch it because I, ju- I realized that Buffalo was outmatched. Uh-huh. And I, I just really don't have much interest in watching an AFC North yeah, yeah. Yeah. celebrate another victory. But I will say, in reading a lot of the postgame clips, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you want your team to have that edge. But I, I prefer my team humble. Mm-hmm. And under know how to win and yeah, know yeah. and well. the fact that they got all bent out of shape over the fact that the Bills had a link up that were, that was selling. T- you had to do that. The I, NFL provided I, that. I would, but I, I'm gonna tell you as a player, I've been mad too. It's both. Uh, I've, been, I've, been, I've, been, I've been mad too. Your That's exactly train. it. I understand that, but you also have to understand the business of the NFL. The NFL had that link available and had to make tickets available. Yeah, it no, wasn't I'm somebody not, with I'm the not, bills I'm, sitting there going. I'm not. And the way that, now I know the Bengals took it that way, but you know I think you got to understand how the league works. I think it's deeper than that also, and that the Bengals are the defending AFC champs. They went to the Super Bowl last year, and nobody talked about the Bengals. And they this felt year. disrespected. It that was all about Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes yeah. all year long. And I understand. All that. Heard, and I've said I thought the Bills were going to win the Super Bowl mm-hmm. this year. It's always been the Chiefs and the Bills in the AFC. Nobody has talked about the Bengals, well, you, right? And now they're back, you, and I think that's what's got you the talk about bulletin board material. Now, mm-hmm. Jason, you know I, I played with a guy. That all he did was read the paper and, and every magazine, every <laughs> and look for any perceived and look for just any yeah. little bitty slight here, yeah. like oh, this, oh, oh, you yeah. said this. And I understand uh, that. I mean, so I took that personally. <laughs> I took it personally. Use whatever you can use, but at the end of the day, I, I just I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean. It, it can be a good thing. If yeah. they go on to win the Super Bowl, then maybe that's the edge that they you, need. You just want some class. I, I know our team didn't <laughs> have that. We wanted them to have some kind of swagger. Right. Uh, I just wonder if this doesn't borderline where, you know, it goes from confident to cocky yeah. to arrogant. Yeah, and yeah. There were, I heard some things after the game. Yeah. The cigar, I, 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 I know you probably, I, guys I, probably I, saw the Eli Apple video where he's smoking the cigar in the locker room. First of all, I, I celebrate when when you hold the championship is that, trophy. Is that even allowed indoors anymore? I don't know. I wondered about that. I don't know that the NFL will pro- they'll, they'll probably you do whatever you want when you are in the playoffs. But you know what? Like, do you really want to do that after a divisional playoff win? Yeah. You unwrap the cigar when you hold the trophy. Well, well here's the problem. Like Eli Apple, an Ohio State guy, so I gotta. I'm you gonna back some, your I, guy. I'm back my guy. But come on, now, Eli. He has some troubles last year. Hold on, he has some troubles. He has some troubles this year and too. It, they, and I think he's up, baby. Yeah, I know he has. In smoking that cigar, if the Chiefs are in Kansas City looking for a slight, oh yeah, they can watch that video and say, "Oh, these guys feel like oh, they're here." He's doing cigar smoke. Yeah. So here. let's see. Let's bring the smoke <laughs> yeah. when we see the Bengals. I don't know. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fun. I, my hope is, is that the we get a Patrick smoke? Mahomes who is 100. percent I don't think there's much of a chance he'll be 100. percent I think there are going to yeah. be some lingering. You saw the Come video. On. Come on. Um, it certainly didn't look great. How much pressure, though, Jay, is on this current group of Browns management watching the team that used to share the the seller yeah. spot in the division with Cleveland, even though they've had success and have gone to a couple of Super Bowls, they haven't won one. But Cincinnati was kind of their cousin in the AFC North. Yeah, we're down here at the bottom. Yep. Yep. Pittsburgh and Ball. Now their cousin is atop of everybody. How d- does that put more pressure on the Browns that it's not the Steelers or the Ravens now? It's the only other team in the division other than them, the Bengals that are reigning supreme. I think it's that and the fact that the Steelers and Bengals or the Steelers and Ravens are still there. Right. Like the Steelers still finished ahead of you. And this was the year when they were supposed to be rebuilding rookie quarterback and all that. And they still finished ahead of you. So it's a combination of all of that, that, yeah, of course, there's a lot of pressure. Everybody's feeling the pressure over there. I still think if you fix the front four on your defense, it's going to solve a lot of the other problems that you have. I put a scatter chart in our group chat a couple, uh, a couple weeks ago that I, that I did after the season on uh, EPA defensively pass and rush. The Browns defensive pass EPA, what they're giving up passing wise, 
basically it's it's an advanced stat metric type thing. They're on par. I got it right here. They're on par with Dallas, Buffalo, and Cincinnati defensively in the right. pass defense. Even with all the busts that they had early mm-hmm. on, even with everyone screaming about Joe Woods, the pass rush wasn't the pro- or the, or the pass defense really wasn't the issue no. this year. It was, it the, was run. the run defense. Right. And we talked about it midway through the year. They were historically bad. It was the worst in 25 years of this metric. It, it was the worst. You couldn't find one worse. That got fixed over the second half of the season. They actually didn't even finish last, which is surprising considering the ground that they made up. So you, that's why I think you have a hope that they can get this well, right. Jim Schwartz is here to get the most out of Miles Garrett. I firmly believe that. Okay. I think it was Flores and Schwartz were sort of the finalists for that. And I think they looked at Schwartz's system and said, this fits Miles best. We can get more out of Miles than what we've got. Let, and that's let, why Jim's let me here. ask you a question to, to that point. Again, it comes down to this. You just you just made reference to it. So teams that have knees, they make moves. You just talked about Dallas sure. making moves, right? When they need they don't study long, it doesn't take them long to study. This thing in the on the front four, the defensive gap that was up front in the middle of the line was sitting there for months, right? Well, we knew it in training camp. Right. And we did nothing. Basically. Right. Nothing. So it's who, really tough to address that once the season starts. Who, I, I saw I saw Dallas when the guys were shaking kicks. They were like, "Let me find me a kicker." Well, it's a little different though. With no, kickers. but I'm saying I mean it's, it's will, tough. Will you will you make a move necessary to get better? Well, the the time to do that is clearly the offseason. Yeah. That's when you can do that, and the spotlight is glaring on it. The Bengals are sitting in a potentially dynastic spot right now. In fact, if they win Sunday, you could start. You, you can say that the foundation is there yep. for a dynasty yep. in Cincinnati. Now, the big question moving forward with the Bengals, and particularly with this organization, this is a big question. They're going to have some real dollars and cents questions mm-hmm. facing them moving forward Most people when do. it comes to who they keep and who they let walk. Mm-hmm. And they don't have has the money. The, the no, Brown they don't. family does not have has the money. Right. right, and we've seen that historically through the Bengals' existence. The Brown family has been notoriously cheap. Now, I don't think there's a decision to be made at all on the quarterback. I mean, you, you just cannot let a, a, a player of his generational talent right. get away. Right. right. So he, you have to sign him. Chase is going to command top dollar. Yes, he is. So if you tie up what it what it's going to take at market value to keep those two, you're in real trouble when it comes to the salary cap. And we've seen in the past when teams have that quarterback on the rookie contract, it allows them flexibility with more money to spread across the table. For that a period of time. up in a hurry right. and dramatically yep. once you get those players on second contract. So what they are moving forward, you know, it's really say, it, everybody looks at Cincinnati right now and says they're young, they're, 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 uh, mm-hmm. they're explosive, they're going to be a dynasty for the next 10 years. I think that's a big stretch because you just don't know how much you, how uh, yeah. much of this talent they I can keep. I don't think you can send, in today's professional sports it's hard to string dynasties together for for a decade. It's just it's just not set up that way. But the thing is, they have they have done the necessary things to make themselves better. I bring us back to Cleveland. Will we do the necessary things to make ourselves better? Because you talk about comings and goings. Well, who's going with us? Because there's a few of us that won't be making a return trip here in in July, right? You got Kareem Hunt sitting out here. You got a bunch of other f- players sitting out here. You're going to make a decision on them because they're eating up salary cap money here, right? Yeah. We got to start getting ready to prepare ourselves to make moves here. And the moves are not made in June. They're not. They're, as soon as the season is over and everybody's saying, I'm available. We'll talk about this in, de- in depth throughout the week. But thumbnail reaction to the favorites in the AFC and NFC. Right now, after watching what we saw yesterday, I'll give you a chance to change your Super Bowl picks mm-hmm. for a minute. Are, who, who do you like now? Philly and Cincy. I said Philly and Cincy from the beginning. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Yes, I did. I oh. like Philly from the beginning in the NFC. Uh, the Hurts injury I was a little concerned about. He looked great Saturday. What little I saw. I was at Guards Fest, and then I went to the Cavs game Saturday, so I didn't see a ton of that game. But I don't know how you can – and I just I, I like I like where the Bengals are at. They're playing the best football of anyone in the AFC. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be a tall task going into Kansas City. Yeah, it's tough. But I think you know the equalizer might be Mahomes if he's not. By the way, hats off to Chad Henney. Oh, came uh, in and did some superb work. He literally now has the longest playoff drive in Chiefs history. Jeez. He came in in a spot. Really I mean, spot. two yard line. And you know from what's going on on the sidelines that Mahomes is going to the locker room 
and it's going to be a minute, yep. and he probably won't be back. And I think their season hung in the balance in that moment. And just how Browns fans found out Absolutely. a couple of years ago, that backup quarterback, and I'm going to make a point coming out of this, and mm-hmm. we'll see what you guys think and whether or not it's likely to happen. Oftentimes, the most important player on your roster is your backup quarterback because we know the way the league is set up. Mm-hmm. You're going to need him at some point in time. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Bernie Kosar in 95. Came off the bench to relieve Troy Aikman and help get the Cowboys to the Super Bowl. Chad Henney, a couple of years ago against the Browns, converts a huge fourth down, plays just well enough to win. Where I'm going with all of this is we saw out of Jacoby Brissett enough to know that this guy is has value. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that he's probably going to receive some good offers on the on the free agent market. But after watching Chad Henney do his deal, it just struck me more than ever. I hope the Browns bring Brissett back. I don't think it's going to happen, but whatever extra couple of million that it would cost, what good does it? What good is it if you've got this Mercedes Benz and the engine drops out and you don't have a solid replacement yeah. to yeah. put in its place? Well, the the Colts went the opposite way for years with Peyton Manning. I think Jim Sorgi was that like they. I could have been their backup quarterback under Peyton. So there's different ways to do it. I agree with you in theory. I'd love to see Jacoby Brissett back here. It's going to be too expensive when you talk about, we've, we've said all offseason, they've got to rebuild their front seven. And they have to, they got to look at defensive tackle. They have to look at defensive end. Probably need a linebacker, receiver. It's going to get to the point, I mean, Deshaun's taking up $55 million on their cap next mm-hmm. year. It's to the point where mm-hmm. I don't think you can afford $10 million on a backup. I mean, Case Keenum cost him six and a half as a backup a couple years ago. And that was a lot. And so, I mean, I think Jacoby, theoretically, I I don't think it's unrealistic to think he could get eight to ten million this offseason. He may get a starting job. He could. Kellen Mond's going to be their backup next year. That's why, yeah, I agree. Just accept it now. Kellen Mond's. And and you know what? You might be in a position where it's great that you have Deshaun Watson, but you're going to need a backup quarterback at some point in time. Every single team does. And. I know it's. I know they've got a lot of needs, and I understand that. But I hope there's at least conversations. I don't know what the market's going to be. You're probably right. It could be in the six to eight to ten million dollar range, particularly. You know, Indy doesn't. There's a lot of teams that don't have quarterbacks. Yeah. I saw enough out of Jacoby Brissett in the eleven games that he yeah. started. Would mind moving back up. I mean, he's a serviceable guy. He's exactly, guy. What, he's but, exactly but, what you want. But, but, he keeps his mouth shut. He's a pro. Everybody respects him in the locker room. Everybody believes in him. Yeah, they have the faith in him. He he's perfect. Play. He wants to play. Though. He wants to play. He wants he's going to gonna play. be too expensive. He wants to play. Yeah. So here, this is the question because you, you're out here to beat it with these guys. When, when do you pose the question to, to bury them? What are, you, what, are, what are we doing here? That's what I have not heard, right? Because you had enough time to analyze where we are, right? We're, what are we doing here? Well, they're not going to answer anything directly. I mean, we know that from watching these guys operate, in their news conferences, they give us everything but news. They give us word salad. They just vomit all kinds of words on the podium. And then afterwards, you listen back to it and say, he said even less than I thought he said in, in real time. Because <laughs> right. I, watched, I watched back the season ender, and I thought, my God, these guys are artful Dodgers. They just yeah. know how not to answer questions. So we really don't know where they stand on that. I mean, we, everybody knows which is, what the which, needs are. Which, which, is a, which is a problem because – you have a dedicated fan base here that that no matter what. Did you see Jim Donovan's rant a couple I weeks ago? I saw it. It was great. I saw it. Yeah. It was great. It was I, awesome. I like you have a dedicated fan base. They deserve the answer. We want to know. Yeah, tell me what you're thinking. Here. And you know what? I, a lot of people I, I put it on my Twitter feed and most everybody was seconding exactly what Jimmy said. Mm-hmm. He he got it right. Jimmy gets us. Jimmy Haslam does not. But there was a lot of defense of the Haslams, which I was kind of shocked at. Or, or or just the front office saying, why do we need to know? What difference does it make what we know? Listen, excuse me. If we're going to the playoffs every year, and this uh, this organization is is having all kinds of success, we don't need to know. But that's not the case. The fact of the matter is, we're on regime number ten thousand. Yeah. We don't know who does what in the front office. We don't know what De Podesta's role is. We know he doesn't live here. How invested in this whole thing can he be? So I don't. I, I think fans do have a right and, to know and, some of this. And stuff. that's what's interesting because 
Chris Antonetti never says anything. Mike Chernoff never no, says anything. No, but they win. They never give anything up, but they win. Yes. Kobe Altman hardly ever talks, and when he does, he doesn't give up a ton. But, you know, the Cavs are in a good spot now, so nobody says anything. Right. So that's the difference in winning and losing because all organizations pretty much operate that same way. Where they GMs, do. GMs don't talk very but much, Jay, and when they the do, they don't say anything. Is all organizations aren't marred in a mired in a 30 year losing streak. Right. No. So That's obviously so. with losing comes questions. How fun do you think the postmortem news conference is going to be today in Dallas? Ooh. I mean, McCarthy, I don't know how safe his job is. Yeah, I'll tell you what. what the hell was that last play of the game, it, by the way? It, 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 that was crazy. <laughs> That was, that was amazing. Has anybody seen that was Ezekiel amazing. Elliott since that play? I, we got I'm, worried, I'm worried about his safety. I mean, in fairness, you got 75 uh, yards in one play. So. Watch Zeke. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> there, there is no good option. There is no good 75-yard play call in no. that instance. But I, that and clearly the thought was, I get the thought. And you know what? When there was the timeout before the play and I saw what they were doing, my wife said, where are the big guys? And I go, that's just it. He wants 11 skill players yeah. on the field. That's 11 fast, hard-to-tackle players. I don't know what he's got up his sleeve here, but they've worked on this, right. and I'd be very nervous if I was San Francisco. And nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these, poor Zeke. These are, he was a sacrificial these, At least have the real center out these, there. These are, I know. These are, <laughs> these are the shenanigans I'm talking about. But then like. as soon as the ball was caught, the receiver is absolutely depleted. Uh, I mean, you don't even see that in the play, but I can, poor tell, I can tell you this. Though. That's a meme forever. Oh, oh yeah, forever. I can, t- I can tell you this. If, if that's chopping his feet like, here I know. If, I, here you know, I practice this. I'm ready. If, Boom. I'm not ready. If, if, if Dak Prescott thought Shady McCoy was on him for the last month and a half. Oh, oh I can't wait to tune in well, this afternoon because Shady McCoy going to go deep on Dak Prescott. Deep. Yeah, there's a lot of folks that are dancing I, I, on Dallas. I, I, I saw this. This is what I saw in the Dallas game. The look on Dak Prescott's face yeah. and the kicker's face. I was like this. Let me just go start cooking the dinner because this Dak threw this, two this, this critical picks yeah. that, he, that you just can't throw. Like You and don't see these dudes standing there? <laughs> San Francisco's got a great club. They really do. Their defense Best is phenomenal. Defense Both of those defenses are Excellent. so good. Yeah. Yeah. So good. But I think, to me, the passing grade has to go. And I know his numbers weren't gaudy, but, again, Purdy does oh, enough to win. He's got so much talent around him. That's just, the deal. Just I know make, he does. Just don't make the big that's, mistake. That's the deal. Yeah. And that's I'm, what I'm putting does. him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. If, if, if you put him... A minute uh-huh. and a half on his own 20. Oh, Got to yeah. have it. Yeah, I don't yeah, think he's going to get through. it done. No, we haven't had to see that yet. And we may find out. And I, I know this. We, we said this week uh. that we're going to find out because this is the <coughs> biggest defensive test he's faced. He passed. He passed. He passed the test. But he passed it with like a C. Right. You know, I mean, he, he was okay. Right. I, I thought the, the, the catch uh, by Kittle. Kittle. Yeah. First of all, it was that a ballsy a throw. It should have been a pick. You're right. It should have been a pick. Kittle saved his bacon. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so many times throughout this eight-game stretch or whatever it's been, yeah. he's made these onion throws yep. where I'm like, wow. Yeah. And that, that, I think, is coming from being empowered by Kyle Shanahan, who's this quarterback whisperer who some way, somehow. And I think Stefanski's probably kind of a poor man's version of that. When you look at what he got out of Baker, uh, yeah. what he got out of Brissett. This, this could have changed on a dime when it's Trayvon Diggs missed the interception on, on the goal line, right? So there were so many things could have swung yeah. the other way. You'd be saying a different story. Sure. The question is, you know, listen, he move, he's moving on. Everybody's going home. That's it. He's still he's here. He's one of four. Right. He's yep. still he's one here. Of four. Right. And I couldn't help but ask myself this question, and I know we've talked about it ad nauseum. Chris Rose is coming on the program. It'll be one of the questions we pose to him. It's on this whole confidence scale of zero to a hundred, how confident you are that eventually, eventually Deshaun Watson is going to be that guy again. And we posted on Twitter, our discussion of this topic last week, we posted it on yesterday. And I, one of the responses was very interesting that I happened to see. What was it? It said, Oh, you mean return to that guy that had all that playoff success in Houston? That guy, when is he, is he going to return to be that guy? And it kind of hit me because we know that he didn't have that. And everybody said, well, he didn't have any talent. He didn't have any talent. He was a bad team. 
But he did have talent around him. He had an all-world receiver with him. Well, you need more than an all-world receiver. Well, apparently you do. But my question is, in that MVP caliber year where his team only won four games, Mm -hmm. I think it's fair to ask the question, return to what he was in Houston, he won as many playoff games in Houston as Baker yeah, but, Mayfield. But you won. can't say that because the team he had in Houston is not like. Let's look at the teams we saw this weekend. Multifaceted, multi-talented. It wasn't just one guy. Well, that's how you win. Right, but we, we he didn't have that in Houston. Well, he had a great receiver. That's one. What that's just one. I mean, that's what do you want? That's just one player. I watched Cincinnati yesterday with a JV offensive line destroy the Buffalo Bills. There was one year where I thought Houston was the best team in the AFC, and I'd have to go back and look. And I remember talking to a couple of Browns players like, no way. And I thought that they could make a run, and they, I, think, I think that's the year they won the first game and then lost. But I think you look – and listen, that's indisputable. He won as many playoff games as Baker. Yes, fact. Can't dispute that. Mm-hmm. I look at the physical skills of the quarterback mm-hmm. and say, this guy's better than that guy. I want that guy because he's better than Baker. Is the proof there historically? Is the data there to back it up? No, not right now. But he's still young, and you hope that that can change. I mean, what what, what, you, what scares what, me, though, is in that same vein, when he was doing what he was doing in Houston, you had a guy in Philadelphia that was doing the same thing and is roughly the same age who is fighting for his NFL life today. In, in, you know, so, I mean, we've seen the the rise and fall of these quarterbacks yes. over the last decade yes. is real. Yeah, it is. And, and, but- and so, now, now here's, here's what a friend of mine texted me when we were watching Kansas City on, on Saturday. A friend of mine texted me and said, my eyes tell me in watching Mahomes, that's the kind of guy you give a $230 million guaranteed contract to. Mahomes is going to play in his fifth consecutive AFC championship okay. game, and he's less paid yeah. than Deshaun Watson. So let me let me let me jump in on that, right? Great players have a psyche about them that separates them from the rest. I don't care what sport it is, right? Do you remember when Mahomes, this had to be a year or two ago when Kansas City was struggling? Mahomes they got put out the playoffs, and everybody talked about Mahomes. He had to go back, he didn't look the same. He didn't have that confidence swagger yeah. that you see now, right? And when I see Watson, I don't see the guy I saw in Houston. I don't. Well, he's not here yet. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't see him, right? But, 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 but it's I, fair I, to but question, I, but, is he coming? But I go down the line. I said, you didn't see that same swag out of Brady. You didn't see that same swag out of um, um, uh, Carson Aaron Wentz. Rogers. Oh, okay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. All of them. When they yeah. lose that edge, right, they become regular. They're regular yes. people. And that's what Deshaun was this year. He was regular. He was regular. I would also argue, if you go back to Houston, Bill O'Brien was a terrible NFL head coach, and that's who was guiding the Texans. Now, I believe in Kevin Stefanski. I've made that clear. Yes, you have. And so <laughs> I think he's better than Bill O'Brien as a head coach. And if you Which, put by them, the way, do you see O'Brien is likely headed back to New England as the offensive coordinator? That's a fine role for it's him. It's amazing. It's amazing to me. I think one day it's a 30 for 30. To a deep dive into the Belichick coaching tree. Yeah. When you look at the coaches that have left New England to get good head coaching jobs. They've done nothing. And have flamed out yeah. time and yeah. time and time again. And oftentimes end up going, going back, back to New England. Charlie Weiss, really, Romeo Cronell, Josh McDaniels, Bill O'Brien. I mean, we're, that, we're, that's just we're, we're missing some too. Oh, yeah. Oh, for we're sure. We're missing a couple. Eric What's Mangini. A, Mangini was another one. It's amazing to me. And it really, to me, it speaks. I watched the Nolan Ryan documentary over the weekend, yeah. Yeah. which is fabulous. I strongly recommend it to any baseball fans. If you've forgotten how dominant he was, it reminds me of this. When you think about Ryan as this is the argument I use to make is he is the greatest power pitcher of all time, period. End of discussion. I've got stats for years that would back that up. But one of them is he not only has the most no hitters, seven, mm-hmm. which is three more than anybody else. He's got the most one hitters the most two hitters, oh, and wow. the most three hitters wow. in the history of Major League Baseball and has the, this is the cherry on top, he has the lowest batting average against in the history of Major League Baseball for any pitcher. Oh, wow. He also has the longest career ever, 27 years. That separates Nolan Ryan from all the other power yeah. pitchers. Yeah. Like this coaching tree argument separates Bill from every other coach. Yeah. It was all Bill. And they, th- they thrived and flourished under his tutelage. And the second they left the nest, 
They flopped miserably, even taking with them what they had learned from Bill. And that's why it's so fascinating. I was thinking about this this morning. A guy has a good has a good run as a coordinator. He's instantly snatched up as a head coach just because you're a good coordinator doesn't make you a good head coach. Mm. Oftentimes it does. We've mm. seen Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor went from a I think he was the quarterbacks coach to a head coach of the Bengals. So it's just just because a guy has has a good run as a coordinator does not necessarily mean he's going to be a head coach. It's just interesting to me how how it's it's so hard to predict what the difference is when it's you in charge, when it's yeah. your yeah, well, job to run. Because you really are the CEO. And there's no like there's no two or three intangibles that you look mm-hmm. for and say he's got that, that, and that. Okay, it's gonna work. Like I like Stefanski. I might I, I think he's gonna work, but I can't sit here and guarantee it, obviously. It, but it, I see the intangibles that I think he's I gonna would work want as a head what? coach. What is he gonna work as, as a head as, coach? As the as the AC no, I think he's. I think I still think one hundred percent. Yeah, I still like him as the head coach. But do you like him as the? Do you like him as the OC? I like him as the play caller. I th- I'm uh, I'm in the minority. I think he uh, should stay as the play caller. Tell me I mean, why. Seven of the eight teams that played last weekend were offensive minded. No, just tell no, me why. I'm telling you why. Seven <laughs> of the eight teams that played this past weekend were offensive minded head coaches in charge. Half of them that call their own plays. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Dayball doesn't. Nick Sirianni does not. Uh, Kyle Shanahan does. Um, Andy Reid does. He splits it. So do you think? So do Jason? Do you think he does a good job of doing both? I think he needs to be more involved. I, I think. I think he should have been more involved on the defensive side. Can you? And do, I can think, you do both? Yes, absolutely. You can do both. But I also think a big reason why Jim Schwartz is here is so that he doesn't have to mess with the defensive side. Right. I've heard stories about how little. Kyle Shanahan is involved defensively. He's not involved at all on the Does defensive side of the yeah, ball. Yeah, he's got a great DC. And, and he trusts his defensive coordinator, yeah. and they have a great defense. I think that's why Jim Schwartz is here, to put that trust in him, to fix it and get it right, to where he doesn't have to be involved. Right. It falls on him. We've established that. He's the head coach. It falls on him. If he can get it set and fixed to the point where he doesn't have to worry about it, all the better. And I think that's where they're trying to get this thing to. But I think we make too much out of the play calling. I, I really do. There's no one way to do it. There's teams that have had success with a head coach as the play caller. There's teams that had success with a head coach not being the we play caller. We also have to remember, too, we, te- we tend to think that, well, Stefanski was with the Vikings for a million years. He's, he's, he only, he only pl- one, called plays one year. One year. Yeah. He was a play caller in Minnesota. And so it's it's we have to take that into account, too. He's still learning how to handle the game management. I, I, th- I think he's done a nice job. As the play caller, I think he's done. He's got more out of Baker than anybody else. Baker did have a great rookie year. Kevin was great with him. He got more out of Jacoby Brissett than anybody else. We just assume Alex Van Pelt would have the same type of success. I look at it and go, we know this is working. Why would you change would you, it? You just have to fix the defensive would, side. Would, if the defensive side was better, nobody would be arguing about this. Let's bring in so Chris fix Rose. the defense. Uh, Chris, welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Great to see you again. Uh, your thumbnail reaction from the playoff games over the weekend and, and our final four now. Well, not as fun as uh, Super Wild Card Weekend was. That's um, a fact. That is a fact. That is a fact. I mean, we finished up strong. I thought the, the Niners-Cowboys game, although, you know, low scoring was really, really good, fun, fun to watch. Uh, I think my overall impression is the AFC North's in trouble for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals are really, really good. Wouldn't surprise me if they're the ones hoisting the Lombardi at the end of the day. They just don't care. They'll play anybody, any place, anytime, anyhow. And I heard you guys a little bit earlier wondering if Joe Burrow is borderline uh, arrogant. I, I'd take him in a second. Um, I would do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just he's great. He's phenomenal. He's not scared. He has pinpoint accuracy. Those guys all believe in him. Mm-hmm. There's... You know, there might be bravado, but it's authentic. And um, they're in really good shape. They are in really good shape. In yeah, part for a long because time. They, they haven't missed. Obviously, they got the, the most important part of the equation right at quarterback. But they really haven't missed on their mid-round draft picks either. I mean, they've got guys that are contributing up and down the board. I think that's the biggest difference. Well, maybe just one of the biggest differences between – the team 276 miles south and us is that they're getting contributions from guys they needed contributions from in their middle rounds. Chris, let me ask you a question. You, you, you bring up the Browns and Bengals. What do you see when you see the Browns? Do you see a talent level that's here that can be worked with? Or do you think that 
the holes are so gaping that we need infusion of new uh, a large number of new players. Well, the only uh, holes that were gaping were the ones on the defensive line when people were running through them uh, throughout much of the year. So I would start there, obviously. And we know that that has not been – I don't know why that exactly has been – I'm not going to say ignored, but put all the way to the back, back, back burner, right? We had the two Maliks in 2021. They both moved on. We went with a bunch of guys who, as I said, are kind of third and fourth round picks and said, hey, we believed in you. Um you guys are going to be our people and prove it to us. And I think what they showed was that we need help. We need a massive amount of help along <laughs> that defensive front, unless your name is Miles Garrett. And I think that he'll stick around. I would, I would, I would still give him another opportunity. Wink, wink. And then we really need to improve that part of the team. Um, they need to get faster. And I think that that has shown up. Uh, they need more contributions outside of Cooper and Peoples-Jones. I mean, this is nothing new, really. Um, so there is, a, there is a bit of a talent gap, and I'm surprised. When I was calling games in August, I was like, wow, this defense is as fast as I can remember. Even when our teams were great in the 80s, we didn't have the type of speed on defense that we did going into last year. And for a bevy of reasons, it did not work out. Chris, what's the priority? New defensive tackles or another edge rusher opposite Miles? What comes first? Both. Both. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It, whoever is best in the middle of that second round, you snag him. You know, in years, there have been more and more edge rushers available. I haven't really started doing my draft prep, so I sit down with our our guru at NFL Network uh, with Daniel Jeremiah, and I get like a uh, an advanced class in draft prep. 101 every year and so he kind of gives me a strength and weakness of each position and we go over a ton of guys because we get this huge notebook in a couple of weeks with like 330 draft eligible players and it's a ton of fun it's a lot of work but it's really cool and even though i'm obviously studying you know all 32 teams i'm sitting there in the back of my head going hmm which one of these guys would fit just off of lake erie best so <laughs> you know they need I look at the Eagles next week, right? They had 70 sacks this year. They had four guys in double digits. We had one guy with more than three sacks. You tell me. Yep. Oh, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit, Chris. Thanks. It's okay. That's I'm, I'm happy sad. to help you do that. Okay. That is absolutely awful. Hey, what do you think of Jim Schwartz? Is he the, is he the guy? Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. I, I think that I thought it was a little tricky from this standpoint. That Stefanski has had three years and – you know, it's been up and mediocre at best in, in some areas. So you have to know, and he's no dummy, he's been around this game for a long time, that they have to make a big step in the right direction next year. Does that mean they have to win the Super Bowl? Probably not. Does it mean that they have to be in the playoff mix? Very much so. And so there are, there are going to be some coaches who would be scared off by that prospect. They you know, they're all they all pay attention to they, they go, OK, well, this is year four of this coaching regime. That's about the time where teams are going to make a decision uh, on the future of the of a staff. So Jim Schwartz is a guy who had, you know, he, you heard in his press conference, his health issues in recent years uh, has been around the game with Tennessee in a consulting role. But I'm sure he missed being on the sidelines and as long as he got doctor's clearance go for it. He's a guy to have hands the um, everything that's on Kevin Stefanski's plate as well. So he probably will go up to him and be like, I'm good. You go do your other stuff. We got this. So I, I think it was a good pickup. So who do you like for the Super Bowl right now? I mean, I said six weeks ago, I thought the Bengals were going. I really believed it because I just think that they don't care where the game is played. Um, somebody has to explain to me why Kansas City will win, to be honest with you. Their quarterback is not going to be 100%. Right. Uh, you know, well, home if field somehow magically – really? The, yeah. the, the, but the Bengals Typically don't care. Typically it does. Typically the, it Joe does. Burrow hasn't lost a road playoff game. Most teams are like, oh, my God, we got to go here, we got to go there. Until yesterday, Josh Allen hadn't lost a home playoff game. Look so the that. Bengals – that's my point. Burrow 3-0 against Mahomes head-to-head. 
Yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, I yeah, always think there's people more pressure will say, on them. Well, you know, Kansas City had a 14-point lead in that first game and lost in since They had an 8 lead in the edge of game and then lost. And this year, yeah, I think it was week 13 or so, they had a 7-point lead in the fourth quarter and lost. So there were, Kansas City had the lead in all this stuff. Okay. But, I mean, last time I checked, we played a full 60 yeah. and then some, as in the AFC Championship game when it went overtime. I just think I think the Bengals are really, really good, really, really good. Who do you and like? I think the, they'll you, face Philadelphia. Eagles or yeah, you like the Eagles then over the Niners? Yeah, actually, on opening night on so what was that September eighth? Every uh, every opener, the you know, Thursday nighter, I tweet out a uh, who I think is going to go to the Super Bowl, and of course, I'm miserably off base. I had Philadelphia beating Buffalo on that night, so obviously that's not going to happen. But I. Part of the reason I picked Philadelphia, when yeah, I got in a few days early when we did the um, joint practices with the Eagles, I watched the way their offensive and defensive lines were dominating. And I was right. like, holy mm-hmm. smokes, that is going to be a real problem for the rest of the league. I said, you know, the I didn't think the NFC East was going to be that good. I was wrong there, obviously. But I could stockpile 13 wins, maybe see it in a bye. It ended up they did get the one seed, and they just thrashed the Giants. Now, Shanahan, I think, is an exceptional play caller, but he's going to have to really be on point because as miserable as Dallas's defense made it for Brock Purdy at times yesterday, that it's going to get cranked up a few notches with Philadelphia. Chris, I'm wondering if Cincinnati does win this weekend, and I agree with you, I think they will, what's the narrative around Kansas City become? We've already heard a little bit of, sort of not quite reaching expectations two two Super Bowl appearances one Super Bowl championship if they fail to get back and Cincinnati goes two years in a row do we start asking more questions about Mahomes and Andy Reid about being overrated I, I mean you will you tell me I don't think Patrick Mahomes is overrated I, I watch him and I'm amazed by his play I think they have shortchanged him a little bit I think the Chiefs Although the Chiefs have started the ball, and they, you have to do that to take some of the pressure off your quarterback. As amazing as he is, like part of the reason Cincinnati won that game yesterday was Joe Mixon had his first 100-yard game in 10 weeks. Right. Right? They could not stop the run when they needed to. And it has become such a passing league, and it's so easy to throw the ball downfield that we forget sometimes when you get an 18-point lead, it might be beneficial to be able to run the ball effectively. And – so I think that it's more a question of how Kansas City goes about their business more so than Patrick Mahomes. There isn't one team. I mean, Patrick teams. I, I think he's as talented as we've ever seen. Yeah, I, I know, shouldn't I say he's overrated. I don't, think he's, I don't think he's overrated, but it's surprising to me that it will have been. I mean, when they first went to the Super Bowl and they won the Super Bowl, I thought the Chiefs were going to win five Super Bowls, four or five Super Bowls. And if they right. don't even make it back again this year, it's just gonna, it's it's kind of shocking to me that I expected more out of the Chiefs than than what we're going to get if Cincinnati wins. Now, if Kansas City wins, whatever. But if Cincinnati wins this game, it just I, I just felt like we would be seeing more success out of the Chiefs and more Super Bowl championships than what we've gotten. I think it's pretty hard to get to the point that they've gotten five straight years. Yeah, that's why it's one tough. team has only done it more often. It's tough. And I think we just. We expect that if you've got your quarterback in place, that you're going to get there every year. Well, Kansas City has lost some guys defensively. They obviously lost Tyreek Hill. There were a lot of pundits at the beginning of the year. It was like, well, no Tyreek Hill. This is the year. You know, Denver's going to get him with Russell Wilson workout. You know, Derek Carr and the Raiders made it to the playoffs last year. They're next step with Josh McDaniels. How'd that work out? And then the charge. charge. So, you know, there were a lot of questions going into the year about Kansas City, and they all just went, yeah, we're good. We're good. And now here they are. They're playing a home game to get into a Super Bowl for the third last five seasons. I just think it's, it would be some tinkering more than anything else. I, I, I just think we, we look for huge narrative. What's, met, what's wrong with Kansas City? What do you mean what's wrong with Kansas City? They've been to the AFC Championship game five straight years. Sometimes you lose, and occasionally a team is better. 
Hey, Andy Reid Chris- fell victim to that in Philadelphia. I mean, if you go yeah. back when Andy was there, absolutely, he had teams that fans in Philadelphia felt should be playing for the Super Bowl more often than they did, and it was you you could feel it coming. It's like it's it's almost the spoiling of a fan base. We know nothing about that, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, it did happen in Philly. And to a certain extent, I have Chiefs. I have friends that are Chiefs fans that are saying exactly what you're saying. Uh, okay, we're good. We want to be the best. We, well, it's tough. There's a lot of other teams that are in that conversation. Hey, and now with these young quarterbacks friends, in the Jay, AFC. Whew. Tell, tell your friends, Jay, to go back to the days of Elvis Gerbach. Oh. Yeah. Go see how, how that tastes how for was a that? while. Yeah, hey, how was that? Hey, Chris, let me ask you a question because you talked about the AFC quarterbacks, Mahomes and, and Burrow. How do we get – how do you think – the Browns are able to get Watson back to a level that makes us super competitive. How do you think that occurs here? Well, you know, as much as we want to talk about the defensive tackles and getting a new edge rusher and making sure that the secondary is all on the same page, there's really one question. How does Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt get this offense to operate under Deshaun Watson the way it did with Jacoby Brissett? Because to me, if you had just done cut-ups of Jacoby Brissett's play the first 11 weeks and not shown anything else that happened in the game, you would have thought the Browns were at worst 6-5. and five. Like, he played that well. And then you watch Deshaun Watson, and I get it, the 700 days between NFL snaps and all that sort of stuff. Um, it was alarming. It was alarming. And I think that if they can't get him back close to what he was, then it's going to be an issue. It's going to be a major issue because of the draft capital you gave up, obviously because of the amount of money you've tied into him that's guaranteed. Uh, They have to get him believing back in his skills and what he's seeing on the field. Too much, and and by the way, I kind of expected this. I think everybody was like, okay, if we're 6-5 and by the time we get Deshaun back, we can go 5-1 and the rest of the way. People forget how damn hard it is to play quarterback in this sport. It is hard when you're playing every day. I mean, go look at Dak Prescott, right? He played the entire, you know, the back 12 games of the season, and he still looked lost at times yesterday. Granted, it was against the number one defense, but he did. So now you're taking two years off from Deshaun Watson. I didn't expect anything, and that's kind of what we got. Um, He looked too much like Baker Mayfield, right? One read, back up head to the right, and try and make a play. Like, I saw that script. That's why we moved on. Um, so they got to get him trusting himself, using his athleticism, being able to run, and hopefully an entire offseason where he knows that he's going to be there for 17 games will help. Chris, I know you have a concernometer. We all do. I want you to break yours out on a scale of 0 to 10. 0, you're not concerned at all that he's going to return to what he was in Houston 10. You're, you're very concerned and you don't think he'll ever make it back. Where are you? Where's your concern level on, on the likelihood that he returns to what he once was? I would probably say, you know, four to five is where I am because I have seen him. I've watched a lot of Deshaun Watson football down with the Houston Texans. He made average receivers look really good. And even in years where their record wasn't good, he was still making tremendous plays. So we know it's there. It's just, it's got to come together. I mean, it's really the only question because the rest of the stuff can be fixed to the point where this team went seven and 10. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. But, but how far away were they from being the seventh seed? Really not. Um, 
a couple of plays fall on the onside kick. Yeah, a couple couple, of chargers. Exactly. A couple of fluky plays here and there. But, you know, you hate to even use that excuse because every team can use the if game. But with the Browns this year, it really was jarring. I think that's the point. Yeah. Right. That's the point is that is that they're not four and 13. The point is they were seven and 10. And like a lot of teams caught right on the cusp of the wild card. There's a few things that you got to tweak. And then all of a sudden you're nine and eight and you're back in this thing. Right. Exactly. Heading into, you know, week 18. Um, that, that is the point is that yes, they are caught in the middle with a lot of teams and what some teams have figured out their quarterback situation, like Pittsburgh, they don't have any question. They know that they've got their guy. I don't know how great Kenny Pickett will be, but he is certainly good enough to keep them involved and perhaps win a few as well. The question for the Browns is, what Deshaun Watson are you going to get? If you get closer to the last six games of the year, they'll have no shot. If you get closer to what we saw at times in Houston, they've got a really good shot. Has anyone heard from Zeke Elliott since <laughs> last night? Is he okay? That's, well, I mean, you can do. So if you can play center in this league, <laughs> you know, I suppose that's – we were trying to figure out last night um, – where he's going to end up. That's where a good he's going to end up. Because, well, except in Dak's lap, which, uh, God almighty, that is just incredible video. I remember just high is, school football drills that look just I, like I, that. I can only imagine when they're like, okay, let's, all right, let's run the play where Zero. What can he actually digest that and go, yeah, this probably isn't going to work out great. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, the odds of anything working were one in a right, million. Right. I mean, you've got yeah. over 70 yards to go. There's the conventional way of doing it, which you can't throw the ball 75 yards. <laughs> so you're going to you're thinking you're going to you're going to have a series of laterals and you're going to take your take your chances. Right, 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 right. That was one way of doing it, but I'm pretty sure that we'll never see that again. You know that what that reminded me of, honestly, was Varsity Blues when who, the Billy, the fat guy goes, "Is this the play where I run down there and act like I'm lost?" Like that's exactly hey, what came hey, to mind. Hey Chris, <laughs> hey Chris, question: Who who who's getting who's getting uh, roasted over the fire in Dallas today? McCarthy. Well, once again, like. Did you expect the Cowboys to go into San Francisco and win yesterday? I did. I was you very hopeful. You expected them to? I was very hopeful. I expected said, them well, to cover. Well, there's a difference between Did you <laughs> no, think I they th- were the I better th- team th- overall? I thought I thought the way Dak had played last week. I am not a, I'm not a sold on a Purdy hey, guy. Chris, it right? wouldn't have been a, it wouldn't have been a, a mind blow if right. they had. I mean, particularly when you're looking at the, a, a rookie quarterback. I think everybody thought this game would be close in the end it was close. It was a one-score game. It was close. But was, no, I don't It was I, the best Dallas's defense has played in months. That was they their defense played exceptionally well. Let's they remember did. the Niners had won eleven straight going into yesterday. Eleven in a row. Yeah. They were beating teams by an average of sixteen and a half points per game when Brock Purdy was under center. So the whole well, they're going against the rookie court. They were kicking everybody's ass. They were killing teams. Now I get it, they weren't as good as the Cowboys, but you have to kind of throw Monday night's game out because the Buccaneers are terrible. You know, they're only in the playoffs because somebody had to freaking win the NFL. If you rank the teams, if you did your own power rankings, be honest, where would you put them? It wouldn't have been in the top half of teams. The Steelers were better. They didn't make the playoffs. The Lighter, they didn't make the playoffs. So, they're not in the top team, in my opinion, 18 to somewhere around. So the most kind of didn't surprise. It's just they're a little short. You know, I think the Amari Cooper trade burned them bad. You know, they didn't have any they could rely on outside of CeeDee Lamb. Um, you know, so you like don't, said, you don't think Jerry's going to make any co- any coaching staff moves? No. He, did you see that he signed a kicker this morning? Coordinator. Did, you see, did you see he signed a new kicker this morning? Yeah, man. Of do, do we have the picture of the of, of the new kicker? I, I saw him. Yeah, he looks great. He looks great. The thing is, is that with the helmet, he does. You know, he'll keep the aging process down. So, you know, that guy's actually he's actually only uh, twenty eight. So it's the Benjamin Button. Hey, hey, Chris, Chris Rose. Oh, creepy. The Cowboys cannot be bringing Dak Prescott back. They cannot. The people in Dallas are tired of it. 
He's making forty million. He what are the options? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't see him under center next so hold year. Hold on. Um. Yeah. I, okay. So your choices are Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Derek Carr, uh, and by the way, with eating all of this money that you would have to eat. Yeah. Jacoby yeah. Brissett. Um, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, yeah, Jacoby Brissett. Baker Mayfield's out there. <laughs> yeah, he, he is available. He can be had. You know, he would sell some tickets. Hey, let me ask you this. This is a hypothetical. Uh, not that it would ever happen. It can't happen. But it, 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 would you right now, if you're the Browns, would you take Dak Prescott and give up Deshaun Watson right now? No. 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 Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. His face. Yes, here's man. why I wouldn't do why. it. That's interesting that everybody quickly said no. Well, no. Well, here's why I wouldn't do it. Okay. Um I think Dak is still in to run the football on a consistent basis because of that leg injury that he yeah. suffered in 2021. And we all understand that. Um, or we all, you know, that 2020 or But have to be stand plays with your legs. He had yesterday to run the football against San Francisco. It's one of the many reasons I like the Eagles over the Niners this week is that they do have a little bit of trouble with guys who can keep plays alive and can beat you on 8- to 12-yard runs. We know that Jalen Hurts can definitely do that. I mean, he's second in the NFL in rushing touchdowns. Um, so, you know, Watson's legs can be a valuable, valuable asset to the Browns' offense. Well, we hope so. I mean, last thing real quick. What's going to happen with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? How's the, what's the resolution of that? Is there resolution? Well, you know, I've, I've been on a couple of Baltimore radio stations, and I, I was like, of course he's going to stay. Like, have you seen the offense without him? Um, I can't imagine they're going to do an about face and just unpack their offense again. Let's remember when he was a rookie – two-thirds of the way through the year, they changed their offense and took over for Joe Flacco. I don't think that's what they want to do in particular because they're not built for a downfield passing game. Like, they're built for Lamar Jackson to run it and to throw it occasionally. Um, and let's remember, a couple of years ago, he led the NFL in touchdown passes, too. But there's some weird stuff happening there. You know, when you've got teammates like Sammy Watkins saying, dude, this is your chance to be a hero. This is your chance to come out of the locker room and say, I do have that Superman logo on my chest. So they really have to sit down, have a powwow together, and figure out what the hell is going on. I think he ends up staying. Um, and by the way, I think it wouldn't shock me if it was on the franchise tag for $45 million, the the exclusive tender. So I think that he ends up staying. I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, it feels like it's, it's, uh, it's headed for that franchise, franchise. tag uh, resolution, at least uh, for the next season. Chris, always good to catch up with you. Enjoy the uh, championship weekend next weekend. I hope it was a hell of a lot better than divisional weekend because after the uh, super wildcard weekend, uh, this past weekend was a bit of a disappointment. But we'll see. NFL is always known for bouncing back. Chris, always good, man. Take care. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Cleveland native, Browns fan, NFL Network's own Chris Rose with great analysis, not just on the Browns, but all things NFL. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.